Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. The Eagles lock up the number one seed after they beat the Giants. Uh, the, the wild card round is set. Eagles practice today. We'll have some news and notes, some uh, season uh, to remember statistics, and uh, we'll we'll check out these uh, playoff games coming up uh, here on on the pod today. Uh, before we get started, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, no complaints here. Eagles, they win in unsexy fashion, but they win nonetheless. They get the one seed. I also like winning the division. I feel like in all of this, um, I, I know the one seed's way more important here, but um, you know, I, I feel like that hasn't been getting the amount of recognition that it would typically get otherwise. But yeah, one seed, they they take back their division throne. Uh, Jalen Hurts returns. CJ GJ returns. Um, thankfully, everybody is healthy from the game. I don't think there was any uh, injury news or things that have came out about any sort of thing like that. So those were the big things: win and don't get injured. And they they're two for two on that. Yeah, I think on paper from the largest sense like couldn't have gone better they lock up the one seed uh clinch home field advantage to the playoffs have first round by uh all that stuff um you know Jalen played the entire game uh had some accuracy uh I don't know issues there there were some like deep throws that were overthrown or or not not completely on target uh it just didn't look as sharp from that uh perspective there were some some screens and shorter passes that he uh didn't have as much like zip on the ball from an eye test perspective so uh after the game said you know he he almost didn't play was playing through a lot of pain uh Nick Sirianni said as much as well so not ideal from your MVP level starting quarterback uh, of a one seed team heading into the playoffs but um he did practice today uh not as much throwing um as uh you know usual uh according to Zach Berman who was there that that was for the portion of the practice where uh that was open to reporters so he could have been doing some behind the scenes stuff uh there uh it was good to see Josh Sweat back at practice today he said he's good uh he said he's good after a few minutes uh from the the neck injury and and unfortunately missed the the game after but uh seems like he's gonna play for the playoffs which which is huge um but yeah i i think the game like you said was not encouraging but it was a a good team taking care of business and uh not much more you can you can ask for there. couple uh you know defense gave up 16 points to uh, a guy who never threw a pass in the league um st- still like won the game I, I don't know it, it, it wasn't an encouraging win but just like in in 2017 they didn't really like 
come into the the playoffs on fire or or anything of that nature. Yeah, I thought the game could have gone so differently if they converted on the first few or really any number of their red zone visits. They only had one uh, one successful drive that ended in a touchdown, I think, of five or six. So that's way below their season average. And, like, the Giants showed up. Like, I, th- I think the Giants, um, you know, they were resting a lot of their key starters. Um, we know uh, Link Martindale likes to blitz, loves to blitz. And they were sending in pressure all day long. There was an extra rusher on most passing downs, I think. Um, and they were getting to uh, Jalen. I don't think they were getting home, but I think that's why we saw like a lot of um, a lot of those quick short passes. A lot of we didn't really get to see those long developing downfield plays that Jalen loves, and he's got a good arm for and they got the receivers to go back or go go all the way down there and make a big play. So we didn't really get to see that because I think pressure was coming hot and heavy for him. But I think the Eagles set out and they're like, they can, they can move the ball reasonably well against this team without having to like break out anything fancy. They are trying to reacclimate their quarterback. So they don't want to, they don't want to put them in harm's way. So they're just kind of doing uh, the stuff that the very basic stuff that they knew that they could, that they could do against a very aggressive defense and unfortunately for the offense a lot of it ended in field goals it was it was a big Jake Elliott game uh, maybe I think it was a career it. high for him uh, with five in, in one game yeah I mean and those all those kicks looked real good real steady um, if you're looking for a silver lining it's not that anybody had any sort of waning trust in Jake, but Jake still got it. I feel like for the first three quarters of the season, he was like collecting dust on the bench with how good they are in the red zone and how aggressive Nick is. So um, yeah, Jake Elliott, good as always. Um, And I mean, yeah, it was, it was kind of like a, a blase game give the Giants credit. Like they look good considering how many second, third string players they had. And maybe that bodes well for their first round matchup against the Vikings, um, which I think could really help out the Eagles if they end up playing as well as they did against the Eagles. Um, But yeah, I mean, this was kind of just like a get out there, get the W and get in the locker room and celebrate type game. Like I, I think, of the options, I think I would have liked to see a much more uh, quick and painless game, but this certainly counts as any other win. And I think the team knew that. Like, I didn't get the sense that like they're down and people are on edge. I think it was one of those performances where like, yeah, it wasn't our A game, but we're on to the playoffs and we're the one seed. We get to watch from the sidelines this weekend. And like, I mean, not technically, but they already won this weekend. They're on to the second second round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. They uh, 
they won a playoff game without having to play a playoff game. So, you know, they that's uh not gonna Jalen, count Jalen as a Hurts Jalen Hurts playoff win. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that the 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 defense giving up uh you know let letting the Giants stay in it with their third string quarterback and a lot of second string offensive players in there is Kenny not holiday yeah yeah <laughs> first yeah. touchdown as a giant Man, uh that's... and I, I feel like every time he catches the ball like the broadcast uh in this game and in in other games see i'm not saying he catches the ball often but when he does i feel like especially in this game the the broadcasters were really harsh about him stealing money and hasn't done a a thing <laughs> I, I forget what exactly um the broadcast team said but i just remember it was pretty scathing um it, it it's it's they they got it done they got the one seed you know happy about that i feel like uh jalen being 100 percent is the biggest factor of of how this playoff run is gonna go um like you said earlier they they won the division hasn't been a repeat nfc east winner since uh the early 2000s when the eagles did it so uh, if that trend continues, like that's even more reason to to cash in on this year because you, you don't really know what's going to happen next year. So um, Jalen's health is really the uh, the most important uh, factor here. And uh, whoever they end up playing in the divisional round, you know, it won't be San Francisco. So uh, whoever they play is definitely uh, manageable. Um overall i mean the dak has looked horrible uh these last couple games through an interception in seven straight games something like that i think in uh four of his last six they were pick sixes or something like that maybe three um you know and, yeah. and tampa was under 500 this year so uh they all, all these teams have uh potential like I, I don't know how much a chance seattle has against san francisco but the giants could very well upset the the vikings so you're looking at giants tampa and, and dallas really as as realistic uh first round opponents and um all, all three of them are, are pretty frisky um but all of them should be uh handled by by the eagles given their the season they have the talent that the health of, the, of their roster and all that coaching yeah it, it could be the bucks don't forget the bucks. that would be an interesting uh uh revenge game but i i do think brady in the playoffs is uh you know until until that is not uh he until he's proven to be really over over the hill i think that that's still still a major concern especially with mike evans there uh chris godwin um you know they they have a high powered offense uh, at yeah. times and we should uh the last the last game of the regular season did you catch it the sunday night football um i don't think so Packers, uh, Packers. Oh yeah, no, I mi I missed the uh the second half. I watched the beginning. Okay, well, that was a really fun game. Uh, the NFL, they continued to have these weird scheduling decisions when they want to like flex a game, and then like one of the teams has no um true incentive, obviously the players and the coaches, 
um, are all trying very hard to win. So I know that doesn't, it's not, it's not as easy to tank or throw a game or whatever you want to be unmotivated for now, a specific outcome, but because the Rams lost to the Seahawks, right? That, yeah. that eliminated the Lions who were playing the Packers. So the Lions were out of the playoffs. So allegedly had nothing to play for. And then it was except to, to spoil right, the Packers. Or, or spoil the Packers. And then so that from there was Packers, Packers winning in or Packers lose and uh, Seahawks are in. And Lions had a great game. I was admittedly a little bit nervous of Aaron Rodgers because he falls into the camp of quarterbacks who can just tear apart a Jonathan Gannon um, seven-yard buffer defense. And Dan Quinn went and put on the show and said, we're, we're taking them with us. <laughs> and uh, that was a really entertaining game. And nice to Dan see. Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Dan Campbell, Dan Quinn, got Cowboys on my mind. Yeah, so I, I'm very happy for the Lions, happy for the Eagles. They won't have to play the Packers if if they uh although in that in that scenario the Packers would have beaten the the Niners. So I, I think if they did have to play the Packers in the second round, uh you you'd probably feel pretty good that after winning that game you don't have to play the 49ers so uh you know uh, all the all these scenarios very interesting but uh the the eagles put out um or there are some awards uh but the eagles put out a bunch of uh franchise records individual records i thought were uh like notable uh as you know this this is shaping up to be an all-time great eagles team uh as as a whole um before get into that uh congrats to jake elliott special teams player of the week uh nfc for the nfc with his five field goals son reddick nfc defensive player of the month uh with all of his sacks and uh feel like I have the stat here. Let's see. I I don't. I'll I'll, I'll get it. But <laughs> um, I think he had like six six and a half sacks in the last in the in the month or something like that. So some something uh, something. Oh, here it is. No, sorry. No, it's not. <laughs> Thought I had it. Anyway. Uh, for the franchise, franchise record season, uh, single season total touchdowns, uh, which they beat by, I think, one um, against the Giants. Franchise record single season sacks. Uh, Eagles offense, first time in franchise history. Uh, they had, uh, uh, I guess, two, three players with 10 touchdowns each. Um, uh, Jalen had 10 rushing touchdowns. AJ had 10 receiving and Miles Sanders had 10 rushing uh, franchise record, single season rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
14 wins, which uh, obviously, you know, they, they never went 14 and two. So uh, that was a, that was a big stat. And then individual stats. Um, if this will, will load here, got, got all my stats in front of me, but now my internet's being weird. Okay, well, what, what, eh. well, that loads. I will go back to the stats thing because that was that was the one thing that I was kind of disappointed of. I thought Davis Webb, that's that was a, the quarterback's yep. name. He did a really good job of evading pressure, um, maneuvering in the pocket, and getting rid of the ball. It seemed like he was very, um, very careful and conscientious. It's similar to like Gardner Minshew. Um, I don't think they ever sacked him. Um, <clears throat> they never sacked the quarterback. Their two sacks were like weird ones. One was against the punter, I think, on the fake, because that's technically a drop back. Like that's the special teams play, but Zach McPherson gets the sack there. And then I think there was the other sack was like on a on the it was a not a flea flicker, but like a guy goes out to the side and he tries to throw it back to the quarterback, but a lateral. Yeah. But it was like, it was a sack on the wide receiver because it didn't reach the quarterback. So two odd sacks, they set the season record or no, yeah, the single season franchise record. And ultimately I think they fall short of the NFL record um, by two sacks. So very close. And that's like that's a very high watermark, and the defensive line did a lot. Yeah, of I mean they were top four all the time, I, I believe. So only they might have ended up third. So you know, only a couple teams in the history of the NFL have had more more sacks than than them. Uh, and then indiv individual accolades or uh, benchmarks: uh, Miles Sanders hit a thousand rushing yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts set the single season franchise record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. Javon Hargrave hit his season high in career, uh, his season career high in uh, sacks. Uh, Devontae Smith had over a thousand receiving yards. Brandon Graham hit his career high in sacks in a season. Um, Jake Elliott hit uh, 17 field goals of 50 plus yards. That's the most uh, 50 plus yard field goals in franchise history. I guess that's that's a that's, career. Yeah, that's surprising because I feel like uh, is that 17 this season? I think that's career. Okay, so 17 is career. I was gonna say I don't remember 17 this season because he didn't really kick that much. Yeah, AJ Brown had a thousand receiving yards, and uh, he had one thousand four hundred ninety-six receiving yards, which is the most single-season re receiving yards by an Eagle in uh, an Eagles wide receiver in franchise history. Josh Sweat had a season career high in sacks, and Hassan Reddick uh, had hit his third consecutive season with uh, ten or more sacks, double digits. So, a lot of uh, personal and uh team um 
benchmarks or milestones, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, very, very impressive stuff. Definitely. Um, the all pro lists uh, came out. Um, just a, just a couple like Jalen Hurts, uh, 4,461 total yards, 35 total touchdowns. Uh, Darius Slay, three picks, 14 passes defended. Uh, Son Reddick, 16 sacks, five of them strip sacks and five forced fumbles on the year. Um, I'm just reading stats at this point, but uh, uh, Jason Kelsey is second among centers uh, in offensive grade. Lane Johnson, the per pro football focus, per pro, per uh, pro football focus, Lane Johnson is first among right tackles in knockdown percentage. Do you want to guess what his knockdown percentage was? Uh, I'll say like 0.7 percent, 0.0 percent. What? He's the only <laughs> right tackle not to allow a sack or QB hit this season. Dang. Uh, J- Javon Hargrave, first among interior defensive linemen and pressure percentage, 13.9%, and fourth among defensive tackles and sacks. Yeah. So, and he, he got robbed from the Pro Bowl. I don't know. Yeah, that's that. crazy. So, you know, the, the list goes on and on. I feel like it's just reading reading a bunch of uh stats off but these are all like incredible stats um you know that uh i think jimmy kemsky uh had a a chart of offense and defensive personnel and their numbers were uh like green if they made the pro ball blue if they were an alternate and red if they didn't make the pro ball and basically 11 on 11 uh like 17 of them were in the pro bowl or alternates. Uh, so he, yeah. his, his point was, he was basically watching a pro bowl in in, in preseason or in yeah. training camp. And you know, it's crazy. Um, cause I believe I first heard it from Jimmy Kemsky as well. Um, when the, when the pro bowl list came out starters and reserves or no, sorry, actually before that, when it was voting, he was quick to point out that both Dallas Goddard and CJ GJ weren't even votable. Like they weren't on the ballot because they were on the IR, not even for like extremely lengthy. um, Like I think CJ GJ had like one week past the minimum and Goddard was either that or the minimum. And it was just like the timing of their injuries basically held them out of voting. And they both, in my mind, would have certainly minimum would have been reserves. And I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson ended the season tied for the most interceptions yeah. in the league. And yeah, he didn't play for like a third of the he had, season. Yeah, the last five games of the, well, the last five aside from the last game of the season. So mm-hmm. those are two guys you can probably tack on in that like color coding scheme because they both deserve it. Yeah. Um, so an, an incredible uh, season, I think that sometimes, and I'm very guilty of this, like uh, you go through the year and uh, it's, it's kind of like you need to be perfect uh the the giants ended up six and one or seven and one at one point so did the cowboys like to to 
keep ahead of the division. They had to keep winning. Every game was really important in that way. And, um, you know, what, whatever happens in the playoffs, which should be a Super Bowl appearance uh, at the very least, um, they, they, it was a, it was a magical uh, season. It was a really incredible season. And, regular uh, season, regular, regular season. season, regular season. Um, and I, I think that, you know, the, the, the pressure to, to win and to set yourself up for the one seed and all that, uh, at, at times sort of, uh, might, might've gotten in the way of, of enjoying, uh, it, uh, at times, but, um, I, I think that the, you know, the, the reg the season's not over, but the regular season ha has ended and to kind of reflect back, it, it was really an all time, uh, great run. Um, you know, the, the, the three games after the Colts, the Titans Packers, and, uh, what am I forgetting? The, I can't remember. But uh, the, those three games were were, were really great. Uh, beating the the Cowboys on uh, Sunday Night Football at home, uh, Jalen Hurts's uh, massive leap forward. You know AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. Uh, you know yeah, the Vikings game. The Vikings game, out. like the 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 year has been full of great great uh, games and great moments. So, um, looking forward to it continuing. Uh, just, just wanted to take a moment to, uh, to take that in a bit because, Definitely. uh, I feel like here on out, it's going to be all, all focus, all, all, you know, yeah. Playoffs. I, mean, I feel like I may have said this at some point over the course of the season, but how impressive is this whole season, given that they barely had to rely on any of their rookies? Like these are guys who've mostly had the chance to, uh, you know, not be thrown into the fire. Like they get to learn behind all of these uh, super talented veterans, stars. Um, Jordan Davis, he he gets to learn behind um, Linval Joseph and Damakin Sue and. Um, and Fletcher Cox and Fletcher Javon Cox Hargrave. Hargrave, yeah. It's funny. He came in uh, at a position of uh, not not weakness, but like they were a little disappointing last year. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say he barely did anything, but he wasn't like the impact player immediately that uh, he was in Georgia. And Yeah, I feel like the, he was for like a few weeks early on we were like very intrigued before they had Linval Joseph. Yeah. Before they had the, the running issues when, when he got yeah. hurt, but uh, you know, he, he wasn't the most impactful involved player uh, 20 some snaps a game, something like that. Yeah, and the uh, thing derailed that. And the D line just kind of, uh, you know, had one of the, an all time great, great season. So um yeah, he was definitely part of it, but uh, to your point, it, it, it's it's nice that he got that experience, but he wasn't necessarily needed. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, had the ankle uh, right. injury, and, but and we, we and we should note uh, Milton Williams finishing the regular season in strong fashion. He's he's been making a, a my few, guy a few plays every game here towards the end, which you love to see. Um, 
And then Cam Jurgens, um, you know, he really hasn't had to suit up in any significant capacity. Same with Nicobe Dean and so forth. And Nicobe um, Dean was really good the couple of uh, opportunities he got. So. Yeah. Uh, That's all to say, like, I'm expecting big things in year two when they get the opportunities. But how nice is it for them? they have a top 10 them? pick. How nice, exactly. How nice is it for them to, like, have this experience in their rookie year without having to like go out there and have these high expectations of, all right, now's your chance rookie. Like don't mess up. Like, um, I, yeah, I, I just think the very successful season and most of their draft capital didn't even get a chance to make an impact, which I think is, you know, if you could have it, that's the way you'd want it. Like your town is so good that your, your first three picks in the draft can't even find the snaps on the field because they can't butt ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh they're, they're, they're really set up uh, uh, very well. Um, I know we talked about practice a little bit today and in injury news uh, mentioned Josh sweat um, practice today, AJ Brown and Robert Quinn were not uh, at practice. They have nine to 10 days before, um, uh, before the game. So, you know, that's rest and recuperation and all that. It's something to, to monitor it's as the week goes on. Um, and Lane Johnson uh, worked off to the side with with trainers, but from what I heard, uh, he looked uh, pretty good. Yeah, know, for, no, for I mean, the that, that's certainly like uh, if Lane is back and he's functional, and it's not going to be like Lane for as long as you can get him. That's going to be a big boost to the offensive line. The offense in general, the team at large. So we know Lane is this keystone player for the team. He has been his whole career. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, really, really need Lane for this uh, playoff run. Was there, has there been like any sort of update on Avante? Uh, I, I haven't seen one, but I feel like he's just, uh, yeah, sort of out indefinitely. Yeah. I feel like at, if we don't hear anything next week, it's like, be surprised if he's playing at any point here. I mean, it, it, in the giants game, they had, uh, Gardner Johnson in at nickel and, mm -hmm. and Reed Blankenship in at safety for, for those looks. So, I doubt that if they thought that Avante would be back for the first playoff game, that they would have, they would have ran that. Um, yeah. So that, that seems to be what, what's going to happen for the the playoffs. And I don't yeah. know. I don't know that you, you look at the group of quarterbacks in the NFC and you got to feel, you got to feel pretty good. Yeah. Real quick. I was going to say it's, it was also a good sign that like um, Gardner Johnson, he played, I think every defensive snap in a game where they probably could have pulled him sooner if they needed to. So I, it wasn't like he was like on a snap or it's not like he was like on a pitch count or anything. So 
Uh, that, that's that's awesome to see. Um, he's definitely a playmaker, and he definitely plugs a hole that was looming with Avante's absence. And we, real quick, going back to uh, Blankenship, we we do gotta we do gotta mention Blankenship just getting railroaded by Webb. That that was a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I, know what happened on that play, but like I don't either. Can't do that. You you can't not tackle the quarterback who's like first one NFL angle looked start. like he he came in late. Like I guess the angle is kind of like behind the end zone, like where the uh goalposts are. So it kind of seemed like uh Webb was on the one or half yard line. And uh as it was happening, it felt like there was a more space. Like he could have been tackled well before the goal line, but from that angle, it looked like it was a little too close. Like, uh, so from from that, I can see a pathway to an argument that uh, Blankenship was kind of like there. There isn't much space anyway, and he lowered the shoulder and just kind of like, you know, if he's like, oh damn like he's he's gonna get in anyway so yeah. uh, and then just doesn't try that hard but uh i'd have to see the replay like it, it was it to me as it was happening it felt like he had a, at least five yards to to tackle him but <laughs> whatever it, they won the game i guess all right you want to get into these wild card uh weekend games yeah let's well yeah i guess in the process we'll we'll do the official one through seven seating. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah. You, who, who we want to face? Yeah. Well, okay. First, I'll just go down the uh, the Forty Niners. They got the the second seed uh, locked. Uh, so they they jumped the Vikings. Or now the three seed. Well, I actually don't know what at what point they jumped them, but. The Vikings, obviously, they had the two seed for uh, a very large chunk of the season. They ultimately finished in the th- in a three seed. Four goes to uh, the Buccaneers. Uh, they're a very bad division. They end up winning it. Five Cowboys. Um, you know, they have a really good record, but unfortunately, they're finishing behind the Eagles in the NFC East. Six, the third NFC East team to make the playoffs, the Giants. And then by virtue of the Lions beating the Packers, the Seattle Seahawks get the seventh seed. And that is that. Obviously, the Eagles get the one seed. And then in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills uh, lock up the two seed, the Cincinnati Bengals the three seed, Chargers four, uh, sorry, Jaguars four, uh, Chargers five, Ravens six, and Dolphins seven. Um, so on Saturday, the first game of the uh, day is the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. That line is Niners minus nine and a half. Do you take the Niners minus nine and a half? Uh, so are we doing it with the line? Are we doing it straight up? Yeah, let's do it with the line. Um, I mean, that's a big line by any measure. Uh, Brock Purdy. 
We typically don't see blowouts in the playoffs. Um, rookie quarterbacks typically do not fare well in their first playoffs or first season in general. That's true. It's, what so, do you know when which week uh, Brock Purdy started? Um, no, I don't know off the top of my head, but I feel like he's probably been quarterbacking for like seven weeks or so. That would be my guess. Somewhere in that neighborhood. He's six and zero. Okay, so so maybe it is seven weeks, and that's when he he finished maybe the week that um, Garoppolo was injured, and he's had six on his own. He scored at least outside of one game thirty plus points, in in five of the six games he scored at least thirty three points. Well, there might I'm we don't know that there were no defensive touchdowns in those. That's true. Or field goals, if you're counting those. Played Miami, Tampa, Seattle, Washington, Las Vegas, and the Cardinals. So at least three, you know, half of those are bad, bad teams. So yeah. Ultimately like make of it what you will. Niners have way more talent. Of course, I'm going to go with the Niners, but because that's a, such a big line, I'd probably, I'd probably have the Seahawks um, plus, plus nine and a half. Yeah, Seahawks keeping it within reach, but yeah, 49ers. How about you? Um, man. I feel like I'd take the Niners minus nine and a half. Oh really? I'm gonna I'm gonna take some notes here. Let's let's see how we let's see how we do. All right. So obvious obviously that this is in um San Fran. So they won't have the twelfth they won't have they won't have the twelfth man. Twelfth man effect. All right, the second game on Saturday: Chargers at Jacksonville Jaguars. The line is Chargers minus two and a half. Before we pick, how about Doug Peterson, man? Yeah, in, in his first in his first season with the Jags, after almost did not win that game. <laughs> he took the team. He took the team that for back to back seasons was the worst team in the league. The first season, the first season he gets there, he takes him to the playoffs. I mean, how could you not winning the division nonetheless? Right. How could you not respect what Doug Peterson does? Um, yeah, this is a. I mean, it's a tight line. Um, so this is Chargers at Jacksonville. They're road favorites. Right, road favorites. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll probably go with the Chargers here. I'll go chalk. Um, Chargers minus two and a half. I'll yeah. take Jacksonville plus two and a half. I think it'll be a close game. There's like no room there. <laughs> what do you mean? There's no room. They either win oh, or uh, okay. So you're you're it's taking. A one point. I thought you were taking them to cover but lose. Like you're no. having them lose. You're having them lose but keeping it within one or two points. I'm taking them. They you're taking win them out, right? or they lose by less than three, less than two. I guess it is. 
It is a tight okay. line. All right. First game on Sunday, Miami Dolphins at Buffalo Bills. Bills favored by 13 points. Yeah, this is this is the ugly one given the Tua news, which is unfortunate. Um, his concussions are very serious, and you know you hope that he he can recover. And I don't know what is what the long term outlook is there, but unfortunately, it makes for non-competitive matchup this weekend at least skylar thompson no thank you <laughs> so you're taking bills minus 13 i, I didn't say that I'm, I'm, okay. taking, I'm taking bills but i'll say yeah you know what yeah give me bills uh, I, yeah they're gonna I'll, I'll go with that line all <laughs> I right think, I i'm think taking skylar miami thompson. i feel like it's like a 10 point game Okay. Maybe some garbage time, like it just ends within 10. Yeah, 13 is a lot for an NFL game. I, that, that's my thought. All right. Then the second game on Sunday, New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings, Vikings minus three. So this is the interesting one, um, especially for Eagles sake here. Um, so on one hand, the Giants, the Eagles are 0 and 2. Or no, sorry, they're they're 0 and 2 against the Eagles. Um, Daniel Jones has been okay. I feel like this team has improved so much via its coaching decision. But they also got some juice on their defensive line. Um, I like what. Uh, Martindale is done on defense. He's he's always delivering pressure and doing interesting things to get to the quarterback. Vikings kind of feel like uh, there's a lot of good luck they've had this season and in the department of one game score or sorry, there's a lot of one possession games that go their way. Ultimately, I will go chalk here. Give me Vikings. I, I have them covering. I think it'll be close. I could see it being a one possession game. Uh, but yeah, I like the, I like the Vikings um, offensive weapons way more than the Giants. And I think ultimately that'll that that'll be what it comes at comes down to. I just don't think the Giants can keep up with them on offense. But it'll it'll be an interesting game. But yeah, Vikings. I'll, I'm gonna take Giants plus three. I, I feel like the Vikings are gonna <laughs> like doing pull this it out every by game. one. <laughs> You're no. going the underdog just with points. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking their their points. Well, the Vikings always win by like one, so I think that's a very reasonable thing. The the Jacksonville Chargers game, I I don't really uh, have a good read on, but uh, this this Giants game, I feel like they'll they'll probably lose, but maybe by like one. Okay, so maybe I just don't know enough about like picking with the line here, but I thought when like when you were picking that if you were going with the Giants, you would either have to say I have them losing but covering, or you have winning them outright. You take the combination. I'm taking the Giants plus three. So you just at the end of the game you just add three to their score and if they would have won with that amount then they win all right 
So either they win. I'm not, I'm not or saying they you're doing anything by... wrong. I'm just saying I didn't know that. That that's the. Do you want to change any of your picks? No. Okay. All right. Then the prime time game on Sunday: Ravens at Bengals. Bengals are favored by nine and a half points. Um. Yeah, I'll have Ravens covering. All right, Ravens plus nine and a half. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say the the Bengals take care of business. They're at home. Joe Burrow against the Ravens defense, uh, which has not, uh, you know, been up and down this year. They got their backup quarterback, um, uh, Huntley. How about Roquan Smith? Raekwon Smith contract? with the five. Year. I feel like that's not a smart thing to do to lock him up before you would get a deal with Lamar Jackson. But well, that, that's why they did. Like they have, I think that was strategic, so they can. Uh, so they can say we can't they, afford this. Well, no, no, that opens up their tag, so now they can tag Lamar. That that's true. I think that's their angle. But like it's if, still if five. It's, it was a five-year deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Like you're basically, sense. like you're 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 handcuffing yourself to sign your quarterback long term. I mean, for for a one year, being able to franchise tag him. You can franchise tag multiple consecutive years. That's what the. That's what the. Uh, commanders did with cousins but isn't that a isn't that still under the term of the contract like you, you can't just that? like if if lamar jackson's rookie contracts is five years and but like year four and five are are option player op or team options I guess I'm I don't not, know. I'm, how not the sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I know what you're asking, but any team can franchise. A... But you can't Mind franchise my... tag a player into infinity like their contract runs up. True. Although, you, yeah, franchise tag is on a one-year basis, but you can still do it in consecutive years. It comes, as with, long... es- it comes with escalating factors. Like, it'll go up, like, franchise tag i i don't know this to be true exactly but it's it's something in the neighborhood of they look at the top five um like average annual value contracts of that position in the league and that is what the franchise tag of that position is grounded to so you're saying it adds a year to the contract don't even think of it as a connection it's Lamar's I'm pretty sure Lamar's contract at the end of the season will be up but the team has the right of first refusal if they don't want to franchise tag like they can say like we're franchise tagging you okay even if he's an expired contract does that make sense it's not necessarily a continuation of a contract because right. you you, you right. can't like tack things on to an existing contract unless you're officially extending, which you can't do with a franchise. It's like so. a restricted free agent, you're saying. Yeah. But they still uh-huh. have to negotiate with him. I thought franchise tagging means he has to stay stay with the team. 
Yeah, it does. And sometimes that's how it works, which is like, we'll put a franchise tag on you so you don't become a free agent. And in the meantime, it's a, negotiate, it's a negotiating tool for you to keep those conversations going. If a player is like, I don't want to, I don't want to potentially get injured and lose out on so much guaranteed money. But that's, again, that's what like Cousins did. Like, that's kind of what Dak did, which is as long as, well, Dak ended up having a pretty severe injury that ultimately I don't think it lost him too much money, but it was certainly a, a hairier one. But yeah. All right. Monday night, the, the wild card, super wild card weekend finale Dallas Cowboys at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cowboys are road favorites minus two and one half. Um, <clears throat> and do I go with my with what I want or what I think will happen? How about you go first on this one? I feel like oh, I gotta str- go first. I feel like you're strategically making decisions based on based off of what I'm doing. Okay, well I'm taking Tampa Bay plus two and a half. Okay. Um. I can yeah, imagine um, this being like a confident Dallas win or like they completely fall apart and on the road against Tom Brady. I'll, I'll go with the emotional hedge here. Give me Dallas outright and I'll be rooting against them. Minus two. So I, I always come out on top. All right. We did not guess the same thing uh, for all of those games. So perfect. That, that'll make things interesting for, for, uh, for next week. All right. Uh, do you have any any final thoughts? Well, let, let's talk through like what um, I mean. I don't necessarily like that was those are my gut reactions of like these matchups. But like if you were betting money, you you'd be <laughs> tied to these picks. Yeah. In the moment. Um, <laughs> let, um, let, let's talk about who we would like Let's talk about the outcomes we're rooting for, I suppose. Sure. Um, so the only two teams, Eagles, cannot play from the NFC this two weeks. This round now. is Minnesota and San Francisco. Right. Um, what would you? I mean, I guess this is kind of obvious, but maybe there's some. There's at least a fun conversation at the top. What would you rank? as like your wish list of teams in priority i'd most want to play seattle interesting i really compared to the giants you you think the giants are better than the seahawks uh i yeah Uh, i think i think you're looking a little too hard at those seeds there well i guess i haven't watched the seahawks this year gino smith is way better than daniel jones if we're if we're if you're going to the playoffs, like, and I'll I'll speak for myself. I'll, I'm curious what you have here. Like, my number one concern isn't anything offensive. It's what will happen if we get into one of those games where it's like, ah, oh, crap! It's the 2020, it's the 2021 defense in the playoffs, and they're just getting mowed down like five to seven yards to play. That's my number one concern. And I feel like that's much more likely to happen against Geno Smith than the Daniel Jones, especially given um, their wide receiver talent. Like the Giants are like 
bone dry there right now. Um, and at the very least, the Seahawks do have a playmaker. They have two. Isn't Tyler Lockett healthy? Uh, he was – I'm not sure if he's back. I know that he uh, had a hand injury. Uh, I'm not sure what his status is. But... Yeah, I, I just feel like the, the, the Seahawks – let me see how they did. They lost to the Niners at home, and they lost on the road. So they lost to the Niners twice. Um. I don't. I. I just feel like Geno Smith is not. Uh, you don't need it, to convince it, me. I was. I was curious. It's like Go a ahead. normal. It's like a normal matchup. Whereas <laughs> against the Giants, insight. it's a divisional matchup. They already beat them twice. Like yeah, I think it's third time. I, I I think that that's less true for the Giants because they're a weaker team, but I I do think that the the Giants have because it's a division opponent, there is some flukiness that that could happen to it. But don't get me wrong, like the Giants are my second team that I'd like to play, even though they had a better record than than Tampa. Um, Got it. I, okay. I feel. So yeah, and I, I I truly I truly feel 50-50 about the Tampa Dallas game. I, I feel like da- uh, Tampa's like a much weaker team, uh, or they've been the much weaker team throughout yeah. the year. But I feel like with the whole Brady stuff and uh, all that, and then and then Dallas being uh, a twelve and four team, like they're not a slouch team, but they they have had their meltdowns the last couple weeks and and the last couple years. So you know yeah. you don't know what you're necessarily going to get. I feel like Seattle's the most normal football matchup of just like the Eagles are better and they should just take care of business type type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. I feel yeah, Cowboys would much rather not face them of all the teams i'd rather beat the cowboys yeah i but i still have um still have reservations about going up against the buccaneers again they seem to have jalen's number i know jalen's uh grown a lot as a quarterback and a playmaker so that would be kind of a nice story arc of back in the playoffs the next year and he, he puts on a much better performance. On the other hand, I don't know what Cannon can show uh, some, I don't know what he could do that Tom Brady hasn't seen a million times already. Um, and I also feel like there's um, maybe, the, maybe the only key to the defense defense against Tom Brady is to get get to him it's all the defensive line like i feel like there's no there's no scheme that will yeah well i was also going to say um like darius slay he hasn't been bad but like he's certainly faltered here and there maybe over the past few months not not months sorry month singular um and i could see like mike evans just having a really good game He's still like a premier wide receiver, big body guy who can get downfield. Um, obviously, there's Justin Jefferson, but 
like across the rest of the NFC, CD Lamb, like I'm just those are the guys who can really um have a big immediate impact on the game and swing things. So I feel like Tom Brady and Mike Evans, they could kind of like carry the team to like an upset. So maybe they do that against the Cowboys, but that's something that I would be nervous of. Um, you know, if they end up playing the Eagles. But yeah, how I would order how I would order it is um I'd be most excited to play the Giants in the second round. I feel like that's the matchup that most benefits the Eagles. Then Seahawks. Um, and yeah, Cowboys and Buccaneers, it's close, but I'll say Bucks and Cowboys. I think Cowboys are uh, the most well-rounded of the potential four teams. And uh, depending on if they do play the Cowboys and the outcome, we might not have Ryan on uh, ever again. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, 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 I think it'll be uh, an interesting slate of games. Usually this, this weekend uh, is not as exciting. Um, some, some of the matchups are a little skewed, but hopefully the – at least one one game a, a day. I feel, I'm I'm sort of circling um, Chargers, Jaguars on Saturday, uh, Vikings, Giants on on Sunday, and of course the Monday night game. Is, hey, what are you is... watching on Monday? Monday? No, no. I was like, hey, what what game are you picking? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on on these spreads and and see uh, see who who does better. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, we should mention a few Eagles coaches in the uh, buzz for interviews for new positions, namely Jonathan Gannon again, who I think he was one of, if not like the primary finalists for the Texans. It sounds like that um, that attraction is renewed, given that Lovey Smith was fired after his lone year with the Texans. I think Jonathan Gannon was rumored as uh, an interview for the Texans before the Levy Smith news broke. <laughs> yeah. I don't who uh maybe Josh McCown. Uh that yeah. was that was a weird um I don't know what the Texans are doing but uh we, that's another thing we should talk about Levy Smith's going for two then the news of him most likely getting fired going into that game and him like clearly in line for the number one overall pick in the draft. He says, all right, here's, here's my closing act. He, Gotta um, love it. It's, it's fun. Um, what, a, what a great middle finger to the owner, um, which he deserves in my opinion, given how the past few head coach firings and hirings have gone. Um, yeah, so that's Scannon. I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I don't recall if there's other teams, if other teams' names have been mentioned alongside him. Uh, but the other, the other guy, Shane Steichen, the Eagles' offensive coordinator, he's also getting some buzz. So, I'm sure, over the next few weeks, you know, there's rules with obviously both these guys are <laughs> with the Eagles on their playoff run, so there's certain 
rules that'll prevent them from talking too soon, but something to think about. I know Sirianni's been asked about it and he's had ample time to think of a plan of how to in hire or promote internally. Um, this was, this was a conversation last year. So, uh, if any of that stuff is to happen, I'm curious how the Eagles decide to proceed. Cause that was kind of Doug's, that was one of Doug's pitfalls was after you have a good year, you go on a crazy run. Those, those coaches become, uh, hot commodities. They get hired. How do you bounce back? How do you fight back from that brain drain? There was a rumor that if Steichen gets a job elsewhere, they might bring Frank Reich back in. Yeah, I, I saw so, that too. So there, there you go there. But yeah, something something to look out for. Um, you know, of course, uh, uh, Sean Payton's in the conversation for a couple jobs. I know yeah. Dan Quinn is. Broncos, um, right? Broncos, yeah. Um, uh uh david shaw from uh former stanford but uh was uh, an assistant around the league uh he's gotten rumors for uh denver i believe um you know you you mentioned rules uh with the playoff runs and all that of course there's the rooney rule and all that so it'll be interesting to see what um coaches of of color minority coaches get get shots Mm -hmm. Um, because that's obviously been, a uh, an issue and a, uh, a lack in, in the league. Yeah. Um, I think Brian you know, Johnson on that, on that topic, Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach with Jalen hurts, he's a guy who I wouldn't be surprised if another team promotes him to a, like an offensive coordinator role. So yeah. that's another name to keep an eye out for. And there's D'Amico Ryan's yep. uh 49ers DC. Who, who knows? Who knows with him? Um can't think of anybody else, but yeah, the, the Jets fired their OC, so the the dominoes are starting to fall. Yeah, and it seems like everything will be relatively calm. John McVay might retire. Yeah, but I mean that's that's turned into like a yearly yeah. story and Aaron Donald um, yeah so, I was just gonna say like in, the what NF they do. in the NFC East it seems like all the coaches will remain depending yeah. on I don't I don't think there's anything or I don't think there's any smoke with Ron Rivera but he's probably the by virtue of performance and like I don't know he, he's been around a while and I don't think a lot of people are like excited by what he rings as far as like his uh his like specialty on his side of the ball but obviously uh, having a good year Sirianni's coach of the year conversations and Mike McCarthy hopefully feeling. he stays a long time yeah <laughs> Jerry Jones I think said that he's uh his job safe but who knows but uh yeah all that uh it's that time of year playoffs and new coaches and all that. So uh, we'll be back next week to preview the, the playoff game as we await our opponent um, Eagles into the second round. Congratulations to them. Uh, hopefully Jalen heals up 
and uh, we're we're feeling a little confident going into the game, but uh, we'll we'll catch everyone up and you know talk about it next week. So for Mike, I'm Ian. Thanks for listening. <laughs>